can you imagine all the cars that are parked on that street every time he has a cookout at the end of the, of the, end of the movie? There's gotta be at least, everyone's driving their own car. Yeah. Because it's practically a car meet. There's at least 12, 15 cars and on that block. No, no, yeah. And they always leave the driveway open for Brian. Remember, because he always pulls in the He always end. pulls in. I think he's always the last one to show up. That's right, huh? So it always leaves space for Brian. Oh, I'll be pissed if I was neighbors. <laughs> Dude, hella. You can't even get a parking spot in yeah. your own house? Yeah. I'd be pissed. Dude, that's... That's typical LA parking, dude. That's right there. So, but yeah, if he's on a barbecue, like, and he's always adding two more people every so, every film. So, man, yeah. that street's getting more crowded each time. At this point, I really think that's just the neighbors are calling up these people, like, hey, like they're helping fund these villains because <laughs> they hate their neighbors so bad. Like the time <laughs> when it exploded, that was probably the best day of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's what Fast X Part 3 is about. They found out it wasn't even an actual that dude who blew up the house was one of the neighbors were upset the entire time. <laughs> Just <laughs> a bitter neighbor. You would find out they've been secretly funding every single no, arch no. enemy it's against the, It's the neighbor who's pissed off from the very first movie when they got shot up. Oh, yeah. So he's been in vendetta the entire the time. time. Dude, that was it. You know why? Because he was trying to sell. And the property value of his house dropped immediately when it was found out there was a drive-by in front of your house. Market value dropped at least like 40%. And he's been trying to sell ever since. That was like that bittersweet, like he loses at the end, but he kind of wins. Like he's dying, they beat him. It's like, you think they won? But I got to see the past parking code violations on you guys. <laughs> Only two cars allowed. <laughs> it was all for nothing. All the heists, all the dead Bryans. And now at every cookout, every nigga has to park six blocks away. <laughs> the cookout stops, the family ceases to exist. The real crime is that now they got a carpool. <laughs> So they shouldn't have gotten rid of that minivan. <laughs> they gotta park up the street and park up there like six blocks away and take an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. They can't do their car meet no more. Now it's just a boring ass cookout. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Right? Yep, I'm ready. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Alright. Alright. Gonna go in about 10 seconds. So 10. Five. Well, now I gotta do another ten seconds. <laughs> and in five, four, three, two. What's up, everybody? This is the Red Band Podcast, your source for all film and TV related news and topics. I'm your host, Andy King, and with me, of course, is my co-host, Adrian, and of course, sitting with us is our technical director, Mike Cards. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? A lot of news. Doing oh, pretty good. A lot of news. We took a small little hiatus break, and we are back. Mm-hmm. And well, we, took, we took the break because uh, we had a kind of a storm. Yeah, That's had a true. little storm. Would you count well, that as a storm? Well, in our area, no. We, no. we, where no. we were, we are perfectly okay. We got some rain, and that's rain, about yeah. it. So, but, I mean, a couple of miles up, they got some flooding. Yeah, and some flooding, yeah. stuff like yeah, that. So. The streets near where I was at was uh was flooding. Yes, so. but 
Now we are back and the news is flooding in. <laughs> Speaking of flooding. <laughs> God, I wish I had a soundboard. I know. But going over to the film news, of course, the first topic we have here, of course, is sad, sad. We have another celebrity death. That's right. Anthony, if you want to... Bar Barker, come on down. You are dead at 99. That's right. 99 at the right price. Not too much, not too little. At the right age of natural causes. We're going to hell for that. <laughs> we're all going to hell for that one. And I'm, the only thing is, I'm sure we're not the only ones to do that. That's the thing. I guarantee we go through a couple of news networks. They use the exact same. Oh line. my goodness! That's so fucked up. Yes, but no, it's like, no that's that man's legacy. Yes, that, that I is mean, his, it's his legacy right yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, you have to. I'm sorry, but you got to. But and he lived a nice long night life. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. So, Natural causes. It's yeah. it's. Yes, it's sad, but he's lived a long, beautiful life, and he's had a fantastic career in the industry. So. Oh no! This, yeah, he went from 1950 up to 2015. Damn. Damn. That's his career. God. Man. So, yeah, Bob Barker, you'll definitely be missed. Yep. Spare your new year, pets, people. Mm-hmm. You'll always be the one who kicked Adam Sandler's ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving over to our next topic. R.I.P. Cartoon Network Studios Burbank Building. Cartoon Networks is closing down. This one hurt. This hurts. This it is a does. legacy. That's our childhood right there. We got to witness yeah. the golden age mm-hmm. of Cartoon Network cartoons. Mm-hmm. And that was to live through that was just a privilege. Yeah. So this is just right now. They're closing down their main studio building because they are really not invested into American animation cartoons anymore. No. Mm-hmm. Now Cartoon Network, all they really do is what they're on streaming service for HBO Max and just play the reruns of their old stuff from the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. They so, got a couple of like new stuff or have they actually when's on- the last thing Cartoon Network has developed like actual produced? I have no idea. See, that's the thing. Yeah. The, the last things that I know of, or at least that I can remember, was um, uh, regular show, Adventure Time, maybe some other oddballs. Oh, the uh, uh, Gumball was one. Okay, so th- they do. Okay, so, so they, they are, had a couple. Yeah, they are. So they're technically still producing some shows, and they've had a couple, but it's. It's nothing major like it used to be. But like those uh, those three are completed. Mm-hmm. So like the only things I've probably seen recently would be Infinity Train. Have you seen that on HBO Max? No, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's um, space adventures. They're going on the concept like multiverse and everything. So every new train car is like a new universe. That type yeah. of concept. It sounds a little bit more of like a, an existential type theme cartoon Mm -hmm. you know instead of like a like the like the the cartoon era of like children's cartoons that era talking about like the 90s right yeah but like i mean that era of just like that samurai jack that jack and dexter's laboratory you have uh yeah space ghost space Space chicken Mm -hmm. the pop-up girls uh like you don't hear hits like that anymore the last big big hit i remember was adventure time right that's cartoon network yeah Yeah, that's the last that's cartoon network Mm mm-hmm I mean, I'm pretty sure or there's other ones. Also, that, Steven Universe, I guess. Yeah, I never yeah. seen that, but that was big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's other ones that were, you know, past our time itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That were popular. Like, uh, I'm trying to go. Th- their list is very hard to, like, 
Navigate. Navigate because it's just they are in deep multiple, with a lot. Yeah. No, because there's different studios that are involved with them as well. Yeah. yeah. So they have some from you know DC Studios, other ones from. Uh, there you go. So they're talking about. Uh, licensed studios, licensed work. Mm-hmm. So their list is all over the place. But I don't think I'm trying to find a comprehensive, like, list. But it's not. It's just all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's sad to see Foster's, this. Foster's home. Yeah. For imaginary friends. But it's yeah. it's really sad to see this because it really makes you think how the future of American animation is going to be. Well, it's because no, um, not only animation but the studios themselves that people are not watching TV like they used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't no longer have that Saturday morning cartoons or you know, yeah. a yeah. dedicated cartoon channel because I think there was a recent poll that came out like over seventy five percent of children watch everything on YouTube. Yeah, streaming. yeah, that's, that's true. Everything's YouTube. YouTube or streaming yeah. one or yeah. the other. It's no longer you know you have a dedicated channel. Mm-hmm. And since, of course, that and maybe, of course, anime didn't help. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. anime didn't help out. Um, but I mean, unfortunately, this is something that was a long time coming. You saw this happening a long time. Yeah, it's something else just coming. You know, little by little, because, because streaming makes everything more convenient, where you can watch anything at any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, Mike, you have ne- uh, nieces and nephews, right? Yeah. So when whenever you see the kids, you know, you know, when have you seen, at least recently, a kid want to wait out to watch a show? No, I have not seen them. They have not had. What? They've had the privilege of not having to wait around for a yeah. certain time block for their show. Not even that, on. Mike. When's the last time you've seen them watching the actual two D animation? That's not those three D animations, Coco Mel, any of that stuff. You see, you know what I'm talking mm. about? Like, you know how like everything's been moving over into that three D animation style now? Yeah. Whereas, like, when's the last time you actually seen kids sitting down watching a two D animated series? You know, or weirdly what? enough, the uh, the show that's become very very popular, especially with kids, even with like young adults, is Bluey. Blue, yeah, I've been hearing a lot yeah, about Bluey. Movie, yeah, yeah, that one's actually I've seen bits and pieces of like on TikTok and yeah. things like that. And it's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, but actually, here's another one. To just bring up another point is, when's the last time you've seen a show with the, with a linear storyline? That is mm. true. An actual children's show with a linear storyline. That's line. true. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Every episode is a whole new it's just story. It's episodic. Yeah. yeah it's episodic. Yeah. It's not. I mean, my nephew just started getting into Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But. The classic stuff? Yeah. Okay. But, but he's. He's not quite old enough yet to like understand understand the linear story okay. of it. Yeah. Like he recognizes like, oh my God, like like the Pokemon characters, yeah. the Pokemons themselves, but not like the actual story. Mm-hmm. So he's not he's not quite there yet. Yeah. So it makes sense that, you know, the studio is unfortunately went under mm-hmm. just because there's a lot of things that just, just led up to it. Yeah, that, that definitely makes That's sense. a bummer. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely it's a, bummer. Yeah. It's a shame. All right. Moving over to our next topic in film news. Disney files countersuit in state court against Ron DeSantis after he's finally decided to move on and step away from this whole lawsuit business, this whole feud with Disney. Disney's not letting up. They said, no. fuck you. Dude, the mouse does not forget. No. <laughs> how are you, how you going to go through a whole year badgering the mouse and then suddenly be like, hey, I'm moving on. Like, <laughs> come on, let's grow up. Because and he's he, like, no, you've been sitting... You've been setting bags of fire on my porch for the last year, and now I'm just going to burn your house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, seriously, yeah, like I get it. Like, he's trying to move on to focus on to his presidential campaign. Not really wasn't much one, but right? Not much one, but still, like, 
he he tried to do this not realizing that he started his whole beef right before and now he thinks he can just stop it mid-tracks and move no, on no that's not how life like that's works. that's not how it's gonna happen the he's already costed like the state how much money in this whole feud i don't even i they have no idea they have mm-hmm. a number up or they just say that it's, it's money <laughs> they're just saying it's money i don't think there's any numbers right now just one billion dollars <laughs> but he's really in like this whole feud has really affected central florida yeah who no, would have thought by messing with your main income <laughs> yes that's suddenly oh man maybe i shouldn't like Dude, no one, let's be honest no one goes to florida just for a good time no <laughs> who the fuck is going to florida for the sake of going to florida you're going to disney world yeah you're going to disney world and you're going to universal yeah, that's okay. or Miami or Miami. Yeah, that's yeah no, no, it. no. You got if you're if you if you're with the family, you're going Disney or Universal. If you're going with the boys, you're going to Miami. You're going to Miami. Miami. Yeah, or in your girls' trip. Yeah, <laughs> but like I said, to mess with your biggest employer. Yeah, I get you. Why literally you bit the hand that feeds you, that fed you, mm-hmm. and now you're like, hey. Let's like bygones be bygones. No, Mickey's going to put his size 14 on your neck. <laughs> like, it's there right now. It's pressing. All right. You're going to pay what you owe. <laughs> like I said, we said this weeks back. You, DeSantis uh, has a certain budget to work with mm-hmm. to get lawyers. You're going to cross, uh, um, across a, or, uh, against a multi-billion dollar company. Company, yeah. Who a could afford any yeah. lawyer they Any want. lawyer they want, really. A global company. Mm-hmm. Or any amount of lawyers, not yes. even one lawyer, many lawyers. My thing is, do you think this is just going to end out in a settlement? Uh, end up in a settlement, though. It could if Disney wants it to. That's if the thing. They if they to. want to offer a settlement, they could. But if they want to make them hurt, they don't have to offer a settlement. He'll, they'll just buy the state. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's at a discounted price. <laughs> like, they're talking. They're going to add mouse ears to Florida just to prove a point on the flag. He's like, he's like you know, it'd be greater than just a. Just an automatic, an automated city of its own, an automated state, <laughs> <laughs> Disney state. <laughs> oh, they're taking over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting how this is gonna come up in the next couple of months, and when you actually get like a, if this is actually gonna go to a trial or court date or a proceeding or anything like that, it's gonna be really interesting trying to see this going in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. But moving over to our last bit of film news before we hit the main topic, we have some Hollywood VFX pros are actually looking at the upside of AI and moving forward towards the concepts of what they're saying is responsible AI in Hollywood. Okay, this is interesting. This is really interesting because it does make a point, especially for us, because we work heavily in post-production and visual effects. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those new tools that have been coming out with AI Mm -hmm. has been helping a lot for visual effects. It's been able to cut down a lot of time. A lot on renders. Yeah. A lot on different cuts and and such like, uh, I mean, there's certain features where you can cut out uh, certain audios at a certain decibel so you Mm -hmm. can cut out pauses in between your your discussions Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean that alone saves you already hours and just like all the visual effects simulations you can just run through like ai like these tools can help a lot speed up in the production process for vfx companies yeah especially due to the fact that they are working in a time where major studios have really un 
realistic deadlines for productions that these oh, yeah. studios cannot meet up. So if you have these tools that can help them up meet these unexpected deadlines, what will happen to them when you have like rules and laws and blanketed like regulations placed over AI because of the strikes? Mm-hmm. So, because we now know that, like, you know, of course, you know, actors and writers, they're really scared with AI. Yes. yes yeah. And it, reasonably so, because yeah. it can replace their jobs. Yeah. No one, no one's discrediting the, uh, mm-hmm. no one's, uh, what do you call it? No one's, no one's ignoring the, the dangers of what they're mm-hmm. uh, worried about. Yeah. Like yeah. no, no one's going to be like, Oh, you're overreacting. Yeah. You know, like, no, that's a serious thing. Like we understand the dangers of what happens when you push AI too yes. far. Yeah. But do you think there should be zero AI in Hollywood or well, do you think they should slowly incorporate AI into small practices well, we to know, see? Yeah. The thing is that we know what AI does. Yeah. Yes. The average person, you know, person separated from Hollywood or any filmmaking like that. They don't know. Yeah. They don't know. It's the same yeah. thing as how they see. It's just a writer, producer, actor, director, and that's mm-hmm. it. They don't see the yeah. hundreds of other jobs that, that help like out. There's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. But the same, with, well, same with AI, where most people think where it's AI is literally just a program, you know, you type in what you want, it makes it for you. Yeah. Which is, quote unquote, you know, some fear to it, where yeah. like ChatGPT yeah. taking over writer's jobs. But as for visual effects, it helps out, which... uh you know, like says what he was saying that what Mike was saying that the pauses, the you know, the cleanup, all that uh, stuff. Yeah, it's it's a thing where people need to like figure out or the average audience needs to know like this is not an overall blanket of AI is like the evil thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's how you control it. It's, it's yes, how you use it, whether it's going to be good or bad. Yes, yeah. Like it, I know that that's what like the the developers of AI mm-hmm. are. They're kind of saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a weird, it's an odd discussion. And, and you got to also think about this too. Technically speaking, AI has been around in CG and visual effects for decades. Yeah, no, it has. Absolutely yeah. has. It's just now been pushed further. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it was uh, back at its simple yes. phases. Yeah. Now it's at a more advanced stage. Mm-hmm. And now the more advanced stage is kind of, kind of being, not necessarily taking over, but people that are like, okay, let's see how much we can push it to do more work more work mm-hmm. and handle yeah. more work so you have an area where it's like okay this is essentially a tool that can be added to your utility yeah that could be very very helpful mm-hmm. in your workflow and just overall everyday work life yeah and your development of your your creativity mm-hmm. and you also have another side where it says okay you need to be responsible with this because it's very easy to suddenly go like you know what, let's just push the workflow into this thing and then whatever mm-hmm. it generates we're good mm-hmm. also the big another big thing is imagine if like says if you have a crew of let's say 10 people mm-hmm. all of a sudden the ai helps out you know their help their mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. the studio might also might going well we don't need a full 10 maybe five of you could work and it could push the work on load onto the ai mm-hmm. But we still need it by next month. Because I do hear the arguments where it's like, you know, actors are worried about the copyrights with the scannings of their personalities and their physical features. And that is a worry. And that is a worry. On the other hand, VFX industry does understand that this can broaden open more jobs. Mm -hmm. It's not something that will take away jobs. Something like that, because it hasn't been really used in the industry can actually open doors for more jobs to be put into the industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you do have that, you know, that balance of like whether 
it will help out and whether it'll hurt in you know certain industries and compared to other industries. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's always unfortunately that's how the nature of the beast works. That's going to be it mm-hmm. because I mean the. W- the best way to describe it is the industry is always going to evolve, move forward, right? Oh, yeah. It's always going to do that. So there's no stopping it. Unfortunately, along when technology advances, jobs will be lost. Mm-hmm. The same way how we have that one guy that presses play for a tape. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a union job, it's never necessary. It's not necessary, yeah. I mean, there will be unfortunate jobs that will be lost due to AI. Mm-hmm. But it could also gain other jobs in place, uh, you know, to help out the, you know, to help out the load. Like, what would you guys say? Do you think... How do you guys feel personally about yourself with AI entering into Hollywood? Well, I think I, I think I kind of spoke a, uh, kind of my sense on it. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I think that would be, I think it would be a very dangerous thing to, and kind of very arrogant thing to to push, uh, as much workflow into this mm-hmm. and then cut your physical force in half and be like, well, well, this can carry the other half, and then expect. That it could be able that now this team of five people and a robot can, can be able to handle, handle twice the workload because, oh, because this now has the brain capacity of five other people and more. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's very irresponsible. I think that's very arrogant. Uh, I also think as well that if you keep the same amount of people, the same 10 and add the AI, I think it'd be a very improving the group because 10 people can have writer's block and then they can throw their ideas and they can throw this into it and be like, all right, let's see what kind of generates and not necessarily a story, but could help get the conversation moving into creating possibly something, Mm -hmm. throwing something into the air and then pulling it out and be like, Hey, this is, could be something. And now you have the minds of these 10 individuals who are now creating something. That's just a weird concept. Just thinking into my head, like the future of writing teams, all putting inputs into an AI chat. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) It is a a very weird, but I I think it's like for something of of an emergency, especially if you don't really know where to kind of go a little bit more. And it kind of also feeds into it. Excuse me. kind of feeds into already your ideas of what you think, like kind of like your rough draft. Yeah. And you feed it into that and then it generates something of what it interprets mm-hmm. and then maybe be like, OK, like I, I like this one. I like this one, blah, 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 blah. And then let's pull this one. Let's move with that. Like I, I think it to be a very unique tool as it should be as a tool okay. rather than and it's a, more of a tool than rather an actual like person taking a job. Yes. Yeah. And I I'll think. That if you're coming into a workforce, especially if you're coming in with, like, say, seven editors, you don't go, all right, well, four of you guys are gone, and then we'll replace them with this AI to edit these ones. I think your seven editors would still remain there, be like, hey. Now you got an AI tool. Now you got an AI tool to help you now. So that way you can be able to kind of handle your workflow a little more easier. Not to say that now you guys can handle double the workflow, because that would just be counterproductive. Yeah. But now you can be able to handle workflow more easier from here on out for each project. No, that That absolutely makes sense. That really makes sense. You know, it's a it's a tool in your utility, not an actual feature to take over your job. 
Okay, yeah. Yeah. We agree with that, Adrian? Yeah. I'm agree with that. Just be pretty much covered it completely. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. that, that definitely makes sense. Yes. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break from our sponsor, Audible, and when we get back, we're going to cover over our main topic tonight, which, of course, is the AMPTP hiring a crisis management firm for all the strike shit going on. So when we get back, we'll cover over that. And we are back covering over our main topic tonight. The AMPTP brings DC Cryos PR firm on board as studios seek to reset their image. Of course, you know, all the major studios right now are villainized for the whole strikes and allowing to go this far, not being compromisable, not working with um, WGA, not working with SAG. Man, I mean, it's why, hard for why? you to be remain the good guy. Mm-hmm. Why would anybody think you're a villain? Just why? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you won't pay for, you know, the recommended amount for them to continue having health care and just the basic minimum necessities. Because mm-hmm. they've already... The WGA and the AMPTP, they had talks not that long ago, like last week, right? Yes. Yeah. And yet again, that fell apart. That was like, what, the sixth time they came together mm-hmm. and the talks fell apart for any type of compromise. So now this is getting serious because yeah. they still cannot reach a compromise on how to come together to have an actual real deal for them. Like, have you seen the stuff that I think they did release? Um what they added on to the deal for the AMPT side. Let me, for what, the pseudo side, they... Yeah, because they came back with their counter offer, uh-huh. and that counter offer still wasn't good enough, but I think they fully disclosed everything in that counter offer recently. I thought WGA did. Uh, I have to see. I know. Oh, I, no, wait. I think it's... Let's see. Yeah, WGA responds to AMPTP counter offer, but there was like a long like list of Everything that was disclosed, covering AI, covering residuals, everything. Let's see. In place of our traditional headline segment, we return to answering listener questions. And blah, blah, blah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Do you have it? Yeah, we have the list. Yeah, it's All the right. actual. So we have a compound 13% increase over a three years contract. 13% increase? Yeah. So we have a increase of 5% in one year. And in the two years, we have 4% um, percent, and then following after the two-year mark, it goes to 3.5 years increase. That's pretty similar to what their first proposal was. Yeah, like was that or was... Yeah. I'm not sure. Because their first counterproposal that WGA wanted uh, was like, I think it was like 11% and then 8% and 6% or something like that. Okay. It was it was much higher than that. Yeah. And they came back with like some Way lower, lower, yeah. Yeah, so that's not much of a... That isn't much of like an increase. Mm-hmm. Then you got a high budget SVOD residual increase. Now, if I remember right, that had to do with like the residual had to de- it had to depend on how much the movie budget was. Yeah, it's the total worldwide domestic and foreign residuals. Okay. So it says here it would increase from $72,067 to $87,546 per episode. For three exhibition years. So per episode, that will be the overall residual increase. That's what close about like 13. No, that's like $14,000 increase. 
Let's see. Yeah. It also depends on how many episodes. Exactly we've also true. Got ones where it's like we are getting into an era era where they are cutting down on episodes too. Yeah. So longer just episode times. Yeah. So just because they're increasing the pay amount doesn't mean that they're going to keep the same episode numbers too. Yeah. And keep in mind, this isn't about like oh. Keep in mind that this isn't a guarantee of next year. Mm-hmm. That it's like oh wow, see they're making all this money. They're good. They're set. Like no. They have to make this last and stretch out for however long until they get another job Mm -hmm. or if that series continues on. Mm -hmm. So if you're having like an episode where you're like where each episode is like 40 minutes going on 20 episodes or so and you're like, that's a that's a good healthy amount of episodes per season. However, if you're depending on the popularity of that show only going two, three seasons, maybe, mm-hmm. and looking at an episode between like six to eight episodes, which we're kind of looking at right now, longer episodes, yeah, yeah. Uh, longer episodes, and then shortening down the number of episodes, that money's not going to stretch very long. Yeah, it really won't. And I mean, we could cover over the entire press release because this covers over, you know, the landmark AI protection rights, even goes over the new um, writer rooms trying to mm-hmm. increase an actual minimum amount. Like, it was a be it's a huge list. We can put it up um in the description below when we release this episode. But the main thing that we are talking about is like even with all this compromise and counter offers, nothing going around, they're now in the position where they're losing so much money and so much reputation with the public that it's the, it's not just like any PR firm. They hired the DC Studios PR firm. These are top dogs, people. Remember, yeah. DC Studios has been in a shit storm for the last like decade. Yeah. And these people somehow have been keeping them afloat. Yeah. Go on to their, um, you got their company website, right? Yeah. It's the Levison Group. The Levison mm-hmm. Group, which yeah. they helped out. Uh, so, yeah. Bridgewater, CBS, CNBC, CNN, CQ, Fox Business, the United States Senate, Wall Street Journal. So these are big players in the PR crisis management industry. And it's funny, too, because on the opposite side, this is WGA or SAG who has the competing PR firm. You have WGA. WGA. Yeah. So what's Yeah. What's the name of the other firm? Or rather, hold on. Oh, no. Uh, SAG-AFRA. Okay, so SAG-AFRA. So SAG-AFRA yeah. had this one. Uh, it's right now, it's Precision Strategies. Mm. And these are the people who worked with the Obama team, right? Yes. This is the per- people who have worked with the Obama team. Uh, these are the words have worked with IBM, ACLU, mm-hmm. Humana, March for Our Lives, Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. So you got two powerhouse PR firms working against each other. And I mean, so far, things have been working out in the favor for SAG and WJ. I mean, they're the yeah. little guys. Everyone always vote goes, yeah. you know, for, for the, the little, little guy. guy. You're going for the underdog. Yeah, you want to go for the underdog. So they have a massive PR management firm that really doesn't need to do much because they already have the public opinion swayed on their side. Yeah. yeah. Now you have the Levison Group. They have to do so. I mean, they're used to doing a lot of work. If you're working for DC, yeah, no, you, no, you, no. you're you trained within no. working for, you know, crisis management. Pretty much you call these people when you're in the shit. Yeah. yeah. You're deep into it. These are the people you call for to fix it up. But I mean, it's, it didn't help out the studios for one when they made that, uh, that one executive made the, you know, we're going to starve them out. That, uh, that comment. Yeah. You know, to make that remark and say that, you know, we're going to starve them out. That's horrible. Um, they were going to stretch as long as we can. Mm-hmm. They, Cutting all the trees around, which was not even theirs. Yeah, that's all right. Universal, right? Universal, yeah. they call the trees around it, so they, you know, stuck in the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they changed up the rules where they des- they weren't allowed to protest in certain areas 
which means they weren't allowed to protest in any of the entrances. Oh, of course. Because they're neutral zones. Uh-huh. So they classified all the entrances as neutral zones. So you weren't able to block off, you know, entrances. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're not necessarily the, you know, they got to work, right? They got their hands. They have their right. hands yeah. filled with this. Like, my thing is like, what could they possibly do to flip public opinion onto their side? I know how. All right. Oh, you got you got I, an idea. I, got ideas, okay. I, got an idea. I know. Okay. How. Let's hear this. Let's hear this. And it goes back to this article written by Fortune on August fourth, mm-hmm. and it comes about how talking about Warner Brothers says the Hollywood strike has saved its one hundred million last one hundred million dollars last quarter, which I guess you would save if you don't spend, which is just the equivalent of saying, oh, I save plenty of gas money. I just. <laughs> I just stopped paying for gas. Yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense. But it says here, but cities and states are counting billions in losses to their local economies. So what way? So how do you flip it onto the workers for it being their fault? Look it. They're not getting back to work. It's costing your state and your city money. You lost over $2 billion this year because they wouldn't work. And that's how you flip a public opinion of like, get back to work so we can pay our. No, I'll, Basically, I'll, I'll it's the reminder to, of COVID and everything when everyone's not working. I'll, I'll yep. add on to his. Yeah. Uh, separate from mine, but I'll add on to his where they also blame, you know, all we have an entire other workforce, grip, lighting, that they're not getting work done because of them. Mm. I mean, it's showing right here that Georgia, the Georgia Film and TV Productions. Yeah, I heard they yeah. got hit hard. Yeah. I mean, they generate locally, like. They generate roughly four point four billion mm-hmm. uh, just last year. So with all this going on, we're now like what ninety six days, ninety four days, past, 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 like over a hundred days. Yeah, it's over a hundred. Well, it's like over a hundred eighteen, hundred yeah. something like that. Yeah. So every day there's money. There's like roughly two hundred and fifty thousand dollars daily mm. being lost. Yeah. Two hundred fifty thousand. How much for the industry in total? How much? I think it was one hundred fifty mil. One hundred fifty a day yeah. for the industry total. The entire industry. Yeah. It's total. Damn. So. All this, I believe, is that this PR campaign are going to flip it on making it in a way that it's the workers' fault that your cities and your states aren't getting the tax revenue money that it depends on for these movie productions, and they got to get back to work. Otherwise, you're going to lose your businesses. Just fear mongering. Yeah, they get fear mongering as well, like the small uh, studios as well, yeah. studio owners. Mm-hmm. That own studios like in LA and outside of LA. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, they can't keep the studios open because they can't get work done. And it's their fault. But on my turn, like what I think as what they will do mm-hmm. to flip it is they're what I speculate is they're going to tell them, hey, put money into their into their funds to make it seem like, you know what? We Even though we don't agree, I want you guys to be happy. OK, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? They stick another you know, couple mil into their funds. Adding money to their funds. Like, you know, we support you guys for your reason to strike, you know, good old American rights. Yeah. So we'll help you guys while we're still trying to come up with a copyright. Okay, playing yeah. like the nice guy. Playing the nice guy. And, you know, they're saying, oh, you know, we're even do the, oh, you know, we're this out of our own pocket. You know, we're struggling as well, but, you know, we're willing to <laughs> help out. <laughs> I can see that. I can definitely see that. that. That's actually a pretty smart move if you're trying but, to flip public opinion. Yeah. But we talked about earlier was it's almost the same thing as they did in South Park where it's the. <laughs> It's when they're trying to explain to the kids why they shouldn't download music. And it's like, oh, my goodness, if you do this, you're pulling money away from these artists. And, you know, it's not nice that these artists really want this G6 jet stream plane and they can't get that. So now they have to downgrade to the street like the, the, <laughs> the jet G5. stream G5. <laughs> so now they can only be what was it? They can only 
enjoy so, partial. Yeah, like they, partial they had, luxury <laughs> or semi-luxury. Semi-luxury. Like they, the plane had remote control AC. Mm-hmm. The one below it does not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, a masterpiece trying to buy an island for their child for their birthday. He's like, he's, and they have like a hotel resort on it. It's like, he's going to get it, right? I see a hotel. Oh, no, I see an island with no resort. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ass that's how i see like this group kind of doing that too yeah <laughs> no look at they can't afford you know i had they, to downsize my 34 bedroom mansion to 31 <laughs> uh, it's like they i had to sell my my caribbean home just to live i have 10 other homes but still i have to sell that one yeah <laughs> my my summer vacation home <laughs> I had to sell all three of my Rolls Royces. <laughs> now I can only afford one Rolls Royce. And what did, what did Bob Iger say? Some arrogant shit, some ignorant shit having to do with like the writer strike talking about how what they're asking for is just not feasible. Oh, I mean, we yeah. Just cannot it afford just it oh, yeah. as he's at a resort exclusively for billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> it can only be reached by private jet. Seriously, like you, such an asshole to be like, oh, but we just can't afford it. I mean, asking the studio can't afford it. <laughs> but remember, okay, remember the region they were asking for a nine hundred mil. That's yeah. what the number was. The studio, yes. yeah, yeah. And before anyone says like, well, that's a lot. Like one that's that's actually just barely covers. It's barely covers, but like it's nine hundred mil spread. Okay, yes, yeah. I, I see where we're going. This is yeah. like they only asked for nine hundred mil. And the students refused that. Now, because they allowed the strike to go on for yeah. so long and how much money they've much lost, more. it has been much more money they lost in comparison for what they would have lost if they just given in to the yeah. 900 million in the beginning. Like I say, it, entire industry, 150 mil yeah. across the entire industry. Yeah. And now it's, you know, they're asking for, was well, I think, nine, like in total, was 900. Yeah. Dude, they're way past that. Yeah, it's yes. way past that how much money they've lost now from just the strikes alone. Like, have <laughs> you had you just just pay your artists, your writers, your directors, you know, had you just paid them to begin with, then you wouldn't have owed so much. Exactly. And now you owe more because of all the money that you've lost mm-hmm. that now that 900 mil is looking like a 14 billion dollar <laughs> number. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge financial loss for them. Yes. Well, I mean, as well, do you think... Uh, we're gonna see some downfall studios because of this. Small studios, not big studios. No, I hope the big guys. No, no, not, I don't think I big ones. But do you see like a couple small ones? Small ones, maybe a mid studio here or two, like one or two of them. But I don't think the big guys are gonna be touched. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, that's that's an unfortunate thing. They oh. I, they will unfortunately, I mean not unfortunate, but they will give in by the time it fully is gonna hit them. If yeah. they still can't come to a compromise, they'll they'll just give in. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope I'm hoping it goes for the for the best. Yeah, and they don't, and the WGA and SAG after doesn't just give up and yeah compromise whatever they can take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's just really hope that something actually fortunate comes out out of all of this and just hasn't been a waste of time. Well, I feel like the studios now are really sweating. So I feel like now they're really feeling the heat. Yeah. So these writers and actors kind of have them where. Starting to have them where they want them. Yeah. It's like, all right, now they're starting to panic. Like, so this is the time where we do not budge on any demand. It's got to stay yeah. strong now. They're, yeah, they're feeling the heat because they turn the AC off because they know it's costing money now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Please, sir, if we could just take just ten percent of your bonus check, 
Are you insane? You're taking the food out of my very rare brown zebra's mouths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I nice. just bought them. It's <laughs> definitely not going to go out well for them. <laughs> All right, well, we want to thank everyone for listening to tonight's podcast. I'm curious on your thoughts on tonight's topic. How do you feel about the AMPTP hiring a crisis management firm? Do you think it's going to work for them? Do you think it's just going to backfire and play against them? You can leave a comment below if you're watching this on the Next Journey YouTube channel. If not, we'll be putting this up on our open forum on our website at www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash Red Band Podcast for our listeners to discuss episode topics and various other film-related news. We put out episodes every Wednesday. For audio listeners, you can find the Red Band Podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and of course, our website, which I'll say again, www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash Red Band Podcast. And of course, before we fully close out, Mike has those last end notes for you guys. Yes, all the different ways you can be able to listen to us, including the Apple Podcast app. Head on over there. Consider leaving a five-star review because we'd really appreciate it. Even leave a comment down below of what you think we should cover or what you think we have missed or a little information regarding the topic that we just covered. Uh, consider sharing with a friend, leaving a like, and heading on over to our YouTube channel where we do have these episodes up and running. We do have ones in the past where you can be able to see us live, including our 100th episode that we that we shot a couple months back. I definitely think you uh, really enjoy those. And we're still working on trying to get some picture up. So don't worry about those ones. But I mean, if you're vacuuming or something, throw this on in the background, you know? Clean the house, doing something. Head on over to that YouTube channel. Consider subscribing, liking, commenting down below. Again, on the subject that we cover that you think we've missed or think we should cover next. And consider sharing with a friend. And of course, in both areas of our app and YouTube, you will find our Patreon account. Mm -hmm. That's right. So head on over to the Patreon account. Consider subscribing to that as well. Because more subscribers equals more content. We enjoy doing this, and we would love to make this full-time. I mean, we'd, we would really, really like that. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, please, please, please help a brother out. So, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give him the, the best speech known to man to convince you to subscribe to these different subscriptions. Please! <laughs> please! Do it! But yeah, consider heading on, <laughs> heading on over, subscribing, because we got different ones, and you can be able to listen to the cut versions, because, I mean, the unedited versions, I guess you can say, because there are certain things that get cut out because of, you know, either what I say or what any of us say, but mostly what I say, mm -hmm. because it's some stupid shit. <laughs> so if you want to listen to those ones, consider subscribing to the Patreon account. And I think I covered it. I all covered right. it all. Yep. All right, guys, you heard it from Mike. Please like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Later, taters.